What's up, New Tech? Beautiful Saturday morning, May 23rd, Episode 3, TNT Weekly. Check out my website at tntweekly.com, all my social media feeds. Uh, Join my email list, and please send me your comments, if any, as I try to uh, bring this podcast out to the community and beyond. News in the podcast world with Joe Rogan nailing a huge licensing deal with Spotify, exclusive to Spotify for reportedly a hundred million big ones. So good for you, Joe. If you haven't yet, check out Joe Rogan on the Joe Rogan Experience podcast. You'll really enjoy the show. Super, super informative. Check it out. As he's been mentioning quite a bit during this COVID situation, and I back it up 100% and want to share it with you is, you know, why isn't anybody talking about our health? Why isn't anyone talking about nutrition? Why isn't anyone talking about building up our immune system and ensuring that we can be the best that we can be? The valid point. All the news out there is, you know, spikes, distancing, measures and guidelines to protect yourself out there. But no one is talking about your immune system, which I think, you know, would probably be the best line of defense against this virus. And it's something that he brings up quite a bit. Check into it, check out his podcast and and look into it. Vitamin supplementation, vitamin D, vitamin E, eating nutritiously, good sleep, and building up your immune system to take on this invisible enemy. You know, I think as a community, if we can we can bind that together and all be as healthy as possible, I mean, what better way to take on this virus and entering back into some normal pattern of the way we used to live pre-COVID. We're not going to get anywhere without tracing right now. We need testing, tracing. I know uh, in Ottawa, I just saw recently that the Ottawa local health authorities are looking at an app for contact tracing, etc. As I said in my earlier podcast, testing is vital. Vaccine is not going to happen in a while. And uh, testing and tracking, and it has to be done, you know, swiftly and efficiently if we want to get out to a pre-COVID feel like we used to have, you know, being entertained and going out in public. All right. So on top of nutrition and building up immune system, which nobody's talking about, uh, the Ministry of Health isn't talking about this. Our towns aren't talking about this. Uh, really, I, I think we're missing something big in that area, you know, on top of testing and tracking as we need to do. Listen, just best line of defense we can have is is our own health. Nice to see new tech with a little bit more action out there, a few more vehicles, a little bit more uh, more populous walking around as some of the retail sectors have been opened up in phase one. It's it's odd, uh, you know, at the same time, I just want to, as we all are doing, are heading out to the store, you know, Canadian Tire, any outfit, uh, home hardware, the process of waiting to get in with uh, limitations on who can enter the store, etc. Still kind of weird, but uh, it is great to get back out and do some shopping and pre-COVID style. Great to see how the town's opening up, and I hope it continues. Uh, we do see some spikes out there uh, happening over the last three or four days. So concerning, we know that the second wave is coming. So I hope that uh, we're prepared for that second wave. It's it's happening, no doubt, and we got to get ready for it. So as I said earlier on, take care of yourselves and, and, and we'll battle this thing. This year's potato festival being canceled really sucks. And uh, I know that's really going to hurt the Lions Club from my understanding. It's a really, really big revenue generator for them. The beer gardens, you know, the musical talent they have coming in, 
celebrating a few nights out there and they make uh, some great revenue out of there. Maybe there's something we can do uh, later on in the summer. Maybe the town can think of something, you know, you know, as, as we get uh, immersed into stage one, stage two of this COVID, closing up the streets, you know, putting a putting a band on each end of the street, opening that up with a uh, with a beer garden. And, you know, I think people can maintain some sort of level of social distancing, but have some celebration anyway out there that, that they can try to recoup some of this missed revenue that will happen with the cancellation of the Potato Fest. So uh, throw out some ideas. You never know if we can we can put something like that together. But it'd be great if the community could have some sort of celebration towards the end of the summer, which uh, usually is the Potato Festival, and celebrate. Waiting for my um, digital recorder should come in on Monday. And future shows I really want to focus on are frontliners and some interviews uh, locally with part of the business community and see uh, if I can get their you know their their take what's been happening they'll have more insight on to some of the struggles that uh, that most are having during this time so i want that that to be shared out there really miss our socializing i have some great friends out here in this community and and uh, love getting together and i miss that quite a bit i'm i'm certain we all do uh, this town has been just amazing uh, since the day we got here i mean just some wonderful people uh, been well received and i love this town uh, immensely and I miss everybody in it. So it's, I'm certain everybody's feeling the same way, but I can't wait to get back to uh, socializing and uh, being able to see people and freely talk to them. I mean, uh, give them a hug, a handshake. I hope we can do that again. I really, really miss it. So looking forward to uh, stages two and three and opening up and getting to see uh, some of the good friends we have and, and sharing some good times. And speaking of good friends, I want to give a shout out to the Riverside Gang. Ottawa, Ontario, bit of history on uh, my past many, many years ago. Quite a quite a group of buddies in, in Riverside Park growing up. We're all in our 60s now, but some very fond memories. And we have a really great bond uh, in our group. It's, uh, it's unconditional. Thank goodness we're all still above the ground. But um, we have an annual golf uh, reunion that we've put together the last three years uh, being held in Gananoque at the Glen House Resort by golf over at Smuggler's Glen. Just a great outing. It just feels like we never missed a heartbeat after not seeing each other for 30 or 35 years. So our first reunion three years ago was was such a compliment to the memories we created together and uh, sharing them. So what a way to get back into your childhood, early teen years, and celebrate uh, the good times we had. A lot of great stories with our group. We really feel fortunate that we get together. So it's really going to be missed this year. But hopefully we can get a fall classic and play with our bunch and, and get together and reignite uh the stories of the past, you know, hopefully, and as the podcast gets, um, gets out there, I'd love to have some interviews of our past because we have some crazy stories in our young days. It's just, uh, just amazing what we did as, as young adults and, uh, getting through our adolescence. It's some of the stories are just insane. We could just talk about these stories all day along. So some I'll never talk about, but others, uh, they have to be shared. So a big shout out to the Riverside Gang in Ottawa, Ontario, and our golf group that will be dearly missed summer. Uh, I think we had it scheduled for the second week of June this year, and we've canceled that. But, you know, we might get together in uh, in fall. So I, I want to give a shout out to all the invitees, 
Steve Arbuckle, Wayne Davis, Al Scott, Johnny Stevens, Neil Dunster, Steve Turner, George Vadaboncour, Doug Corrigan, Brian Webster, Brian Gow, Jeff Mocock, Mark Campbell, Brian Mail, John Chatterton, Don Rowan, Mike Kehoe, Dan Khalil, Al McDonald, who I haven't uh, seen yet. He was in last year and then out and uh, can't make it this year as well. Uh, Steve Gallant and myself, that's the group. So pretty big group. Three years ago, we started with 12, which was more of, uh, I'd like to say, uh, the Riverside bonded group. We did have an initial sort of core of boys. Great memories with all of them. Great memories with all of them. Could almost have a show about each one, really divulging a bit about our past, but um, it would be it would be great just to talk about it. And I'll go through that core. You know, Stevie Arbuckle, what I remember with Stevie is our trip to Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, when we were really young, 18, 19, crazy, on a budget, um, and um, that was quite a trip. So Arby is his alias, Wayne Davis. Well, Wayne or Davis, eh? what can you say about Wayne? Um, Wayne, when he gets into his party mode, has to be the biggest joy of fun in his mannerisms after, I think, two beers. Wayne will get into his comic. Remember Wayne in the young days, I mean, he had a hockey career. That guy was so fast on the skates and uh, Gloucester Ranger time. You know, he had moments of uh, fame, in my opinion, always a top elite hockey player. And uh, we had some great teams that we put together in our in our house league days, uh, juvenile league, etc. And Wayne was always a top notch, uh, top notch hockey player. Al Scott, what can I say about when I when I think of Al, Al's a big teddy bear, big teddy bear. But what stands out the most is he was a fucking animal on the ice. So a solid defenseman murder you out there. It was just uh, I was a goalie. Always enjoyed having Alan in front of me because he wouldn't let anybody touch me. But to take off the equipment, having a couple of beers, just a little teddy bear. Johnny Stevens, Giggly. Well, that was the nickname for Johnny, Giggly. Johnny, it's tough to get two words out of Johnny, three words. You know, we're sitting around many, many stories together, and Johnny just had the characteristic of really not saying much. He was more of a listener. But every once in a while, Johnny would say two or three words and have us rolling on on the floor. He was that type of guy. So that's my thoughts on, on Mr. Johnny. Neil Denny Dunster. What can you say about Neil Denny Dunster? In his younger days, ran like the wind and skated like the wind, was a bundle of joy in, in the party mode. Uh, so Neil Denny Dunster, beer cap king, I'll call him. And um, he was a joy and still is a joy. Georgie Batavancourt. Well, Georgie was always a statesman back in the younger day. Very polished and statesmanlike. George continues that persona today. My man, Dougie Corgan, alias the chemist, just always uh, has a way of being the bartender. He does that extremely well. All his uh, martini concoctions, you know, uh, margarita machine mixers, he brings the whole kit and caboodle, Dougie. Always great to have in the mix as far as ensuring we have bartending service. Brian Webby Webster. Well, the Webster, you know, I remember the Webster as being just this handsome dude, just uh, sort of a beach boy handsome guy. Never had a problem with the ladies, Mr. Webby. Never had a problem. Jeffy Mocock Palmatier. What can I tell you about Jeffy? Jeffy and I, we traveled 
together almost on a weekend basis. Remember Jeff with his Firebird, I had a uh, souped up van and we simply went on the road uh, every weekend. What a life. Uh, just went on the road every weekend. We travel down to Chicago, we go down to Syracuse, we travel to A-Bay. We would just get up on a Saturday morning or late Friday night and hit the road and, you know, see what journey we could take. And we just have a blast. We have so many great, great memories from uh, from back in that day. Hopefully we can share them. Hopefully we can share them without getting into uh, any trouble. Wonderful time. Marky Campbell, crazy motherfucker. Holy shit, Marco. Remember Mark with the MG and that crazy dirt bike? I think you got your license before I did, but wow, I remember those days. Mark and I, uh, when I had my 76 Camaro, we decided one March day to just, it was during March break, to drive down to Florida in a six-pack 76 Camaro and, uh, all the way down to Florida. No bookings or anything, just went. Wow, that was a trip uh, like no other. Craziness, craziness. Had a lot of great memories with Marco. Brian Squirrel Male, Barney, as I call him. Crazy man Barney. You know, we had uh, the matching van wagons, had the soup-up Dodge van, and Brian had his Ford van. Boy, uh, the memories that stand out to me with Brian are the trips down to Florida, and one in particular where we couldn't line up going down together, but... Uh, when I was driving down, he was driving back and, you know, we didn't have cell phones in the day. We did have walkie, our, our walkie talkies and we happened to find each other. We, we knew that we knew the times that we were leaving and driving down. We picked each other up on the walkie talkies, somehow coordinated seeing each other driving by on the interstate. Uh, it was wild. Like the fact that that actually happened. The odds of that happening were just, just beyond. It was really, really something. So I'll remember that. And then partying by the watermelon truck, eh, Barney? That stands out to me. And, and then finally, uh, Mr. Steve Gordy Gallant. Wow. Mr. Toyota Corolla Flintstone Mobile. No floor in this Toyota Corolla. Uh, that's what I remember, Steve, with, uh, you know, our, our many evenings at Ralph's Pub at Bank and Heron. Uh, we just had a panic in there and many, many more memories. I, I just remember nights when Steve was studying, studying, I, and I believe he was renting up at a, on a top floor house. I don't know where that was. I think it was somewhere in the Glebe, but Barney and I would always find a way to disrupt his studying and kidnap him uh, in our vans and take him out for long hours and He'd be, you know, he had an exam the next day or testing and Barney and I with, with no worry or concern would get him into the van, you know, Steve thinking that, you know, he was just coming in for a visit and chatting. Well, we, we just kidnap him, take him to the bar. It was a fun time. So we get to share those memories, all of us together, 40, 50 years later. We still talk about them when we get together. So, you know, that type of friendship is pretty unique. The fact that we can still all share those memories and no one can take those memories away from us. And in ending the show with a memory that just came to mind after uh, sharing my friends from Riverside Park and the Riverside Gang is uh, is a story with Marco Campbell when we drove down to Florida. It just came to mind in mentioning my friends. But um, man, we, I think we could have movies out of many of the events in our lives back then. I should put it into a Hollywood format. I know it would do well. But um, this is a story I want to share, and it's friggin' wild. So here we are in the 76 Camaro, driving down to Florida. Cash, as little as we had, 
uh, bringing it down to Florida with us and uh, just knapsacks thrown in the back. And uh, I don't even think we had winter tires on the Camaro. We just boom, right down towards Florida. And uh, the first stop we were going to make was uh, Chobe, Orlando. And it was with uh, Wayner Davis's uh, granddad. He had a home down there. And that was our our sort of point of contact. So in the old days, we had, um, you know, those flip over maps that would give you direction on, on what highways to take, etc. You know, no GPS like today. So I remember that memory. But as we were driving down, just so excited as young kids, uh, we drove through the night. I, I don't believe we, we did any motel stopping and afford it. On, on a very late evening, early morning evening, we stopped, uh, we pulled over for gas in Georgia in the wee hours of the morning. And it was the first, uh, first feeling of, of the warmth, leaving the March weather in Ottawa. It was the first sense of humidity and the warmth uh, and pulling over in this gas bar. And it was a foggy, foggy evening. And uh, you could just see the illumination in, in the distance of uh, the gas station. And we pulled uh, off the interstate and into the gas bar to get gas. And we were the only people there. And uh, I think Mark went into the washroom and I'm pumping up gas. And, and out of the fog, uh, a gentleman comes up to me and you know, right off the bat, this guy looked like a Vietnam vet. He had his, his camel gear on, heavily bearded, you know, looked looked like a drifter. But, uh, you know, that's in hindsight. At that point, he was just a guy coming out of the fog, you know, came over to the car and he said, oh, you know, Ontario plates. You know, I, I, I know people from Ontario, got good friends in Ontario. So, you know, being young and naive, I, I simply just began talking to him. I would, you know, from Ottawa doing this, going to go down Okeechobee, and we're so excited, going to get to the beach and go to Fort Lauderdale and go here and go there. And, and you know, as he's talking to me, he's, he's, you know, he's getting closer and closer and, you know, sits down in the passenger, opens up the door and sits down on the passenger side. And, you know, Mark didn't come out yet. And, and he gave me a quick story that, you know, his bike ran out of gas just up the road and would mind uh, if you could get a lift you know, up to his bike. From that point, he, he jumped into the back seat and I'm still talking to him, just, you know, happy to meet him. Right. And Mark comes out and actually the gas attendant comes out too at the same time. And I said, Mark, Mark, look who I met here. And he's uh, this and he's that. And he needs a ride down the road. You know, let's get in and, you know, give him a, give him a drive down the road. And Mark looks at me. He's, uh, I'm not getting in that fucking car, Tony. Forget it. You know, I looked at him like, he was whacked, and Mark and the gas attendant looked at me like I was whacked. Well, Mr. Dumbfuck gets in the car, decides to drive this this guy off into the fog down the road, and Mark sees me drive away. When I share this story again with Mark and we talk about it, you know, I, I still think he gets kind of angry because I could just imagine his shock watching me drive away. You know, he tells me later they were ready to call the authorities. So I drive this guy down the foggy road turns into a just a wall of fog. He says, oh, pull over, pull over up here. My bike's just up here. Pull over the side of the road. And he begins talking to me. You know, he says he's from West Palm and this and that. And if we head down to West Palm to make sure to go see this place and see that place. You know, he starts talking about his days in the war, Vietnam War, and all of a sudden pulls out this huge Rambo knife, shows me the knife and says, you know, this is what saved me. I don't know if I wet myself or I knew at that time, and even driving away from the gas station, you know, what the fuck am I doing? And I knew I was in a heap of trouble. You know, I don't know why nothing happened, but he just continued talking about, you know, his time in Vietnam, showed me the knife. And I think, I don't know if he made a decision or, or somebody made a decision up above to say, uh, 
you know, it's not my time, but you know, I was his pickings. He could have, uh, could have hurt me there and just dumped me on the side and taken off with the vehicle and all our belongings and, and whatever we had with us. It was a really, really crazy, crazy event. So anyways, he ended up giving me, uh, uh, an address location in West Palm of his family to call them. And he stepped out of the vehicle, said, you know, have a safe trip down to Florida and walked away into the fog. Jeez, I turned around, drove back to the gas station and Mark looked at me. I, Mark didn't talk to me at all. Um, he, he was super pissed. But, you know, I came back saying, wow, well, what's a big deal? I knew internally I, I, I made a big mistake. But, uh, you know, after half an hour on the road and uh, when we got to our first Miller Lights, it was something that we could talk about. But we still talk and share that story today. And I'm lucky to be here. I, and maybe it was a nice person, but I put myself in a real stupid position and uh, made a terrible choice at that time. But it's a memory. So anyways, uh, everybody uh, be good, be safe, be healthy, boost up your immune system. And um, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Ciao.